Calls with Kira Stories from the Art World is brought to you by the Kira Art Team, recorded during an unprecedented year and as a celebration of our community. We are fortunate enough to know and work with some of the best in the art sector, and we are delighted to be sharing their fascinating and inspiring stories with you throughout this series. We hope you enjoy learning more about the wonderful world we work in. Please forgive us for the sound quality. These interviews were recorded at home while in lockdown. Lily Ackerman founded Ackerman Studios, an art consultancy working closely with artists and galleries, connecting them to hotels, restaurants and private spaces. Building on over a decade of experience, they currently work closely with spaces including 45 Park Lane, part of the Dorchester Collection, as well as curating private spaces and working on bespoke commissions as advocates of both emerging and established artists. Their website reads, Art is transformative in its power to change spaces. We're looking to transform the way people interact with art and to make the spectacular part of the everyday. This episode was recorded in London. So, um, when did your interest in art begin, if you remember? Um, my interest in art spans all the way back to my childhood, really. Um, very much rooted in family, and I grew up surrounded by artists. Lots of my parents' friends were artists, and... We had an old farm in France where people would come and stay with us for the summer and paint and draw, and that was really inspiring to me. Um, also, my dad was very involved in the Chelsea Arts Club. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time there when I was little, surrounded by creatives, and his job um, as a consultant for restaurants also meant that he was often involved in putting art in and we were very involved with him when we were little so that was the kind of narrative and background to me being interested in the arts and people and yeah. creatives in that sense. What an interesting upbringing and did you have art in the house? Did they c- kind of collect art, your parents and your family? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We had a lot, a lot of art and also kind of Antiques and pieces from restaurants that had been collected over the years. Yeah. Um, like we had beautiful um, mirror panels from Maxine's in Paris, which Amazing. I now have a few in my flat. And yeah, lots of um, work collected from my dad's contemporaries, really, um, which, yeah, uh, I have a few pieces of and love. Amazing. So could you tell us about your current role and the business that you've started at Ackerman Studios? Yeah, so I started Ackerman Studios in 2015, and it's an art consultancy that primarily focuses on placing kind of contemporary artists in hospitality spaces. So it's a bit of a fusion of some of the work that my dad was doing, and then refocusing more on the art side than the culinary side. Um, so we look after art programs in hotels and spaces like that and we also host exhibitions we do do a bit of sourcing particular pieces 
of work for clients, but that's yeah. the main body of our work is kind of commission based and site specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my role actually really varied, and in any day or week, I can wear a million different hats. Um, from kind of pitching new business and finding new artists to work with, which is the fun bit, to um, hosting exhibitions and working with interior designers. So there's often multiple projects with different stages and different yeah. needs and different time frames. <laughs> and how do you kind so, of yeah. go about finding the artists? Um, lots of it is either, so I have a kind of network of more established British contemporary artists who I inherited contact-wise and have known all my life, which I use for some projects. Yeah. And then I have a roster of newer artists who I'm constantly making connections with. A lot of it's word of mouth. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's obviously degree shows and a lot of it's through seeing what other, what other people are doing and I use Instagram weirdly quite a lot. Yeah. Um, lots of my friends who work in a similar field to me are like, oh, you've got to beat this person or I'll see something and then research that. Um, so lots of it's quite ad hoc. Yeah. But I have now quite an established group of artists that I work with time and time again. Yeah, and once you've got that relationship with artists, it's just really interesting how you go about yeah. accessing art and finding artists these days. And I also find what you do really interesting because it's bringing the work of artists that is traditionally much more limited to the gallery space to other spaces where it potentially is more kind of accessible. And I just find that really that, interesting. Yeah, that's the side of it that I really like. Yeah. Um, and... That's why I think I really enjoy the site-specific work because it's often more considered to the space and it's bringing that work in a really authentic way to a non-traditional space. A yeah. little bit like I mean, Instagram's doing that in a completely different scenario and the artists are able to do that themselves. But yeah. I really like that kind of disruptive aspect to it, I guess. So, I mean, what led you to starting this business? There are a couple of things. So there was this family background and love of art and culture and art as a way of communicating and making a space feel different, which I definitely kind of inherited through my upbringing and spending a lot of time in hospitality spaces and how and seeing how those spaces work and how those places make people feel and how important art is to that. Yeah. Um, and then there was my work life, so I started off working in marketing and events and segued kind of by mistake almost to, into working into it with a charity where I was doing their large-scale fundraising and one of those fundraisers was a big art auction. Okay. And it really started, you know, it made me think about all of the contacts I could draw on for that. And yeah. it really got got it into my head that that was the kind of area that I wanted to be working in and that I'd be well supported in starting starting something in that sphere. Okay. It's really interesting for me that it's not the kind of usual way, way into it. You know? No, it's so not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like I, I think 
having worked in different industries too, I was able to bring that to starting the company. Yeah, because absolutely. it was quite a big jump, and those skills were useful, and it was useful for me to be able to draw on different contacts, maybe who had different ideas. Yeah. Outside of how the art world might necessarily do something. Yeah, and I think that's only a good thing. Um, I mean, you've touched on this already, but could you just talk about how closely you work with artists and um, could you just explain that process, commissioning work for a particular space and any examples of um, projects you've worked on? Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess it's probably a 50-50 split in terms of acquiring and commissioning. Um, The way a commission would work is that usually a space would come to me and we talk about what they're trying to achieve, what their ethos is, what their brand is, artists they like, an estimated budget, a timeline, all of those things. And then I would go away and contact a number of artists or artists that I've worked with before and then come back to them and then the they would select from that and the creative process would start at that point. So I'm just going to talk about the most recent one that we did. It was installed um, in a restaurant called Barbie Green, which is just next to Barbican in, I think, end of February or end of March. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a big three-panel piece by an artist who goes under the name of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, based on photography around the Barbican that she'd done. It was a huge collage piece. Mm. Um, and that that they had given her some motifs they'd like to have been included. But they've also commissioned her multiple times through me before for these large-scale pieces. So I think it was about six metres long. I mean, a really massive piece to be installed as a focal point above their bar. Yeah, so amazing. we were able to see the interior of the space. She was able to use the historical bits from their brand and the kind of Aussie style that they liked, but then with her very quintessential spin on on the collage. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's how a piece would normally work. And then we oversee the installation. And, yeah. Amazing. And is it always um, contemporary artists that you um, advise on? Or is sometimes... Mm, in the main, yeah. yeah. In the main, it's contemporary, yeah. Okay, and then, I mean, obviously at the moment this isn't um, a normal situation, but what do most days look like for you? Oh, I was going to say at the moment, really weird. But um, (laughs) normally, (laughs) I'm a very, very early riser, like annoyingly early. Um, So I'm normally kind of like up and out and at the gym by like 6, 6 a.m. And I like to get to work. So I have a workspace in Peckham where our studio is. Um, in a space called Market, which is really a lovely place to work, and it has lots of artist studios behind us. Um, I'm normally there for about eight. Um, and then depending on the project, will be depending on who's working on it with me. So we have a kind of roster of freelancers who will come in um, for specific different things that we're working on. But on a typical day, I'll do kind of office-based meetings and emails in the morning and then I try to be out and about in the afternoon so that could be either having a meeting or meeting an artist and go to their studio mm-hmm. or going to a venue to see you know with to visit with an artist 
to talk about their ideas about what they might be putting in there. So it tends to be quite varied, which is how I like it, but I do get the majority of stuff done in the mornings. And then, as you'll know with art, there are quite a lot of social work type things, and maybe twice, three times a week, I'll be out at a private view or a talk or a networking event. Um, Yeah, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, depending on the week. Yeah, and especially when you have your own business, there's a certain pressure to kind of be at those places because you always feel like... Yeah, I think I'm better at choosing which ones I want. And when I started, I was like, I've got to go to everything. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I'm slightly better at, I think, choosing a few because it can be quite exhausting when you're doing that and then you're going out and kind of trying to be really engaging and hilarious all evening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, Mm. on your website, it states, art is transformative in its power to change spaces. We're looking to transform the way people interact with art and to make the spectacular part of the everyday. Perhaps you could just expand on this. I think, um, for me, it's about art being accessible to everyone in a non-academic sense. Yeah. um, For pure enjoyment and that, I feel that it should be something that is woven into the fabric of, of everyday life. Um, not, I don't think there's obviously an incredible academic practice and that's also another part of it, but I don't, I feel like these wonderful living artists should have their work in spaces where people will see them and get enjoyment from them all the time. Um, and supporting living artists is essential. So that's, where that came from I think that idea of communicating something authentically in a space is really important and that's why hospitality lends itself so well small hospitality spaces or larger brands who want to create authentic engagement with culture um, that's a really interesting way of doing it if it's done in the right way like, I think, you know, there's lots of kind of gimmicky add-ons, but I really think consumers are really able to, like, sniff that out quite quickly if something's not an authentic collaboration. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. I think that's really interesting about the idea of space as well, especially if what you're saying, a lot of what you do is site-specific and commissioning work. So, mm-hmm. for instance, that, that piece that you were talking about um, in the, the restaurant near the Barbican, um mm-hmm because the content of that work is so interwoven into that particular space as well. It wouldn't have the same resonance somewhere else. Um, And I also find that really interesting as well. So people go into gallery spaces with a kind of preempted idea of the way that they should view or look or think about art. Whereas when it's removed from that context, people just approach it in a completely different way. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing correlation, actually. I love that. Um, yeah, that spaces imbue meaning into work. And yeah. if a work has been created off the back of a story of why, how and why that space has come to be, it creates something really important. Definitely. And, and has so much meaning and so much depth. And the um, Daisy Green, who commissioned the piece, um, the owners are really supportive and interested in art and artists and it's a really important key part of their brand and I, 
I love working with them because they understand that. You know, yeah. you can you can have some suggestions, but you can't be prescriptive, and they really support the artist's vision and what they bring to it. That's great. Yeah, it's a really fine line. I know from working um, um, when I was um, a curator and was able to commission things for a collection. It's a really mm. fine line between stipulating, you know, what exactly you as the, the person commissioning envisage for the work, but also allowing yeah. the freedom of the artist. I feel like that's a really, it's a balancing act. So that's really good it that really you understand is. that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's a dream client when they do understand that. Yeah. But I think that's why the kind of consultant like middle person is so important because it cre- keeps those dialogues going Definitely. and you can kind of mediate. And a lot of, of my role is finding the middle ground so that the artist's um, ideas and views and the piece isn't compromised, but also understanding that it's commercial space. Yeah. And there are some artists who understand that better than others. And it's yeah. taken me a, a few years to know who I can and can't work with in that way. Yeah. Yeah, because although it is a work of art, like you say, when it's within that kind of space, it does. You do need to think about um, other things. I, I mean, you know, like, even lighting, yeah, simple lighting or how something's framed and hung. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of other things that you need to take into consideration. Yeah, and so have you got a career highlight or projects that you're particularly proud of? And is there anything that you're working on at the moment or in the future that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so career highlight, I would say, is this floating barge that I worked on with um, Peter Blake. And it's a big floating artwork in Paddington that's also a restaurant and bar. Um, And that was my first big um, kind of piece of work after my father had passed away. And it's with the Daisy Green collection and they wanted Peter to create something and I was able to facilitate that through my relationship with him. And it's just a really joyous, well, one, the the project was really ambitious and kind of a bit out there and wacky and just an incredibly odd thing to be approached about in the first place yeah. and I really like that scale of our business yeah. I was like right okay <laughs> um, but essentially what they did was strip two of the barges that were used for the Olympics and fuse them together to create a restaurant then with a bar on top and then Peter did all the exterior design Amazing. Um, so it's just like a giant I mean it's so colourful and that area of Paddington has regenerated yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, and it's like this glowing, like brilliant, loving, crazy, so bright and so quintessentially Peter Blake um, on this kind of quite dark canal and with all this building work going on behind it. It's just like yeah. you come out of the station and it's floating there. Um, it is brilliant. So that's probably... Um, a career highlight for me so far. Yeah. And things that I'm looking forward to, there's quite a few, I mean, it's a difficult time at the moment, quite a few projects are being paused, but I think for me, something I'm really looking forward to is getting back into 45 Park Lane, which is where I am 
do programming for their for all of their art exhibitions and look after um, the artists who have work in the rooms. I'm looking forward to getting back in there and re-looking at our exhibition programme for this year and mm. getting, you know, first new works of our next show up and that will be a real kind of signal to me that things are moving on from where they are now. Yeah, and you do events in that space as well, don't you? Like artist-led events. Yeah, we do. So they have, we do a, on the final Friday of each month, we do an In Conversation with Art, um, which is a talk with an artist. So they tend to be linked to the hotel in some way, um, and they're um, led by Donald Smith, mm-hmm. the curator Donald Smith, who's also an artist. Um, so we'll either have one of the artists from the permanent collection or someone that's shown in an exhibition at 45 Park Lane before or who was a friend of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have an artist lunch, which we host monthly, which are the artists from the collection and then some selected guests who we, we change each month. So that's something that's very much part of the fabric of the hotel. Yeah. You've touched on this a little bit, but I do you collect art yourself? I do, I do. Um, actually, when my partner and I moved in to our flat, we had, like, all the artwork up before we had a table. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was like, okay, <laughs> you're yeah. obsessed. But, um, <laughs> yeah, when I walked in, I was like, right, we can definitely get there. It's got really high ceilings and the light is great. It's like, okay, we haven't even seen the other bit of the room. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I do. I've got some really lovely pieces. Um, so lots of them have a little story behind them. But one of the first pieces I got myself was a Patrick Hughes piece um, yeah. called Baggage. And he very kindly gifted it to me after I worked with him on an exhibition. So that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. And I've also got some sketches that Peter Blake did of me when I was little that are really... Amazing. Um, yeah, really gorgeous. And I've got all those framed in my corridor. Um, and, God, I've got, I've got tons of stuff. And I've you've, got, so um, you've inherited some pieces, but you've also chosen some in your own Yeah, life. I've chosen, yeah, quite a lot. And also lots of artists that I work with after a show might give me a piece. They're kind of a story of my yeah. life and art, really. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's so important. Yeah. It's the it's the like visual culture of your life. Yeah, like I, I'm really impacted by. This is going to sound like a really silly point, but <laughs> I think what well, I I'm really impacted by what I see. Yeah, and like the point, it's probably a bit over the top, but it really matters to me. Yeah, like that I can see beautiful things that mean something to me. Yeah, and. That's, I think, where I, I feel the power that art can have in a in a space that's not necessarily a traditional space because yeah. I feel that like really deeply. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think you're alone in that either. So, and then finally, and I plan on asking all the guests the same last question: If you could own any work of art from any time period, irrespective of cost and location, what would it be? This is so hard. I've actually been thinking about it for like weeks. I can, I just, I think I'm very 
influenced by where I am and how I'm feeling at the moment. So yeah. I went to like a couple of different iterations. I think I've settled on the final one, okay. which was um, Faith Ringgold's Tar Beach. Um, there are so many layers built into it. I love it. I mean, she's an incredible African-American female artist. And she's drawing on that traditional American craft. Yeah. Um, and the actual narrative of the piece is so powerful. Um, the fact that there's text in the piece, that it's multiple materials, and it's that that flight through urban night, that yeah. kind of freedom and self-possession. And there's one, the little text from it, she said... Only eight years old and in the third grade and I can fly. That means I'm free to go wherever I want for the rest of my life. I don't know why that really struck me just at the current moment that we're in that freedom of mind to kind of overcome as well. It felt yeah. really resonant. Yeah, that's a lovely answer. Mm. Okay, well, thank you so much for that, Lily. That was really interesting. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank that was you. so fun. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at curaart.com and see you next week for another call with Cura.